Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Surefire Local. Over 50,000 people have listened to Mark's podcast series specifically for home improvement businesses. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. This is a special edition for Remodeling Mastery podcast series that's really trying to address some of the challenging times that we've been experiencing. You know, over the last few weeks, I've done several podcasts that I encourage you to go back and listen to that's focusing on not only thriving potentially in the future, but also on surviving. And if you don't survive, you're not going to have that opportunity to thrive. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic or a, a subject that I think is kind of looking at the glass half full, not necessarily half empty. And, you know, as sort of a former remodeler myself, I am extremely empathetic of what you all are going through. So I do not want to one second lessen kind of the pain and certainly the, the challenges that you have. However, I do know, having led many different remodeling thought leader groups, design build groups, specialty home improvement groups, that I know that there are many that are going to come out of this standing. And they're going to come out standing, quite frankly, even stronger than what they went through before. As I look into the 80s, the 90s, 2000, Y2K, 9-11, the crash, all of those things that were horrific kinds of things in the moment, in the heat of the battle. But then I look at what came out of the shoot at the other end, and the best of the best became actually better. And that's really what I want to talk to talk about today, is how you will be better. This podcast series is supported by NARI, the National Association of Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler Magazine, and it's produced by my friends at Surefire Local. So I want to thank them so much, and I have special sponsors that I'm going to be highlighting them throughout, not highlighting them in terms of peddling their products to you, but highlighting them. They're, they are a source. They are a a antibiotic that will help your business that's in pain get better. And I hope at least that you do uh, take the challenge or take kind of the move of, of, of addressing those. So what I want to do is I want to go down through kind of a top 10 things or 10 things that I'm not only hearing and seeing, but I'm also listening to some of the leaders of how the businesses will be better maybe six months, nine months, literally a year from now, when you look back and reflect at March of 2020, you will say, okay, that was kind of the turning point. You've been so time-starved that you haven't been able to focus on a lot of things, and there's a lot of positives that can come out of this, I think, in the long run. I think it's safe to say we're in a niche that homeowners are going to need your help more than ever, and you just have to be standing and you've got to come out of it strong to be able to take advantage of certainly those opportunities ahead. So in this top 10 list, I would encourage, number one, for you to get out a pencil, paper, jot down these top 10. Jot down these top 10 for yourself. 
Then compare and ask some of your other key team members. What do they think that can come out of it? And don't hesitate to pass this podcast along to others and make it kind of a discussion topic because I do believe having some level of positivity and inspiration that comes out of this is really healthy for any business. So number one on my list is this virtual work environment. Obviously, you're being forced to stay at home. You're being forced to not necessarily be sitting out in traffic. You're being forced to figure out workarounds in terms of ways to communicate with your team, ways to communicate with your clients, and also ways to just kind of have that marriage between personal activities at home and certainly the professional activities. That work environment, those that have started more of a virtual work environment, say a year ago, two years ago, they're actually finding tremendous changes. Uh, Larry Green, one of our thought leaders out in California, he was saying as a result of more work, virtual work environment, more uh, virtual interaction with clients, they were actually able to reduce some of the square footage in terms of the office space, reducing, therefore, some of their costs. You know, you're going to also be forced to have, I think, more time on your hands. So if you think about this as a dividend of time, because you're not having to have the inefficiencies of being in a workplace together, you're going to be able to gain 20 to 30% more time efficiencies. I would encourage you, if you haven't read my book on the art of time math, A big, big part of it has to do with creating the right environment for you to be the most successful that you can be. You know, in 2012, when I stepped down as chairman of my company, that's what I really have been doing for the last eight years is having an environment that's actually working at home. And I can tell you, you can actually, with the right kind of approach to it, gain 20 to 30% more effectiveness in your workspace. Yes, of course, you don't have quite the level of interaction that you might have, but so you need to put that blend into place and you need to leverage the technologies that allow you to do that. So number two is relationships. Again, as I said, kind of in number one or early in my opening, I think we've been time starved. I think our friends, our families, those relationships, I think we've become very distant and very much strangers in those depths of the relationships. Well, we're going to find those relationships are most important. A good friend of mine who passed away about five years ago, right before his tragic death with cancer, he said, you know, there's two things that are most important in life, Mark. One is living in the moment, and second is the depth of the relationships. And I've really reflected on that, and I totally agree that those relationships are what's most important. And these depth of the relationships that you're going to have as a result of, I think, this experience over the coming couple of months or so is, in fact, going to be much greater. So as you sit and kind of diagram, what are those relationships? There's obviously the relationships personally with your family. There's the relationships with your team. You're going to really see who's standing and who's not in terms of getting through this adversity in terms of your team. There's also relationships with your strategic alliances. You know, I encourage you to, to uh, really change the way you think about those strategic alliances. But also, I think that we're actually setting up with Professional Remodeler, we're setting up Remodeling Mastery 
virtual roundtable groups. And we're going to be actually sending out next week. And I encourage you to reach back to me or reach back to my friends at Remod- a Professional Remodeler if you have an interest. But we're going to be setting up these groups and having more depth in terms of these virtual relationships that can ultimately not only help you get through this, but at the end, when you come out of the shoot, you're going to have these in place to take your business to the next level. Number three on my list is for the last year, everyone has been talking about the labor shortage. They've been talking about we don't have enough bandwidth in terms of uh, production capacity. It's been a big subject, obviously, even politically in terms of some of the immigration and what's going on with that. Well, the reality is this 2-3% unemployment is going to jump up to double digit. We know that that's happening and then we know that that will be the outcome. So if you really think about it, as sad as that may sound, the better companies out there are going to have, in my opinion, the pick of the litter when it comes to talent and when it comes to labor out there. So I think the more you start now, start now while you have the downtime to really start you know, positioning yourself in terms of social media, positioning yourself in terms of connecting to more of those people, having more of those conversations with those talented individuals out there that want once we get through, and maybe it's a trickle and maybe it's a flood getting through all this, you can get, I think, the talent in place and try to be more of a magnet for that talent, not necessarily a net that you have to go out and catch it. Number four is your product and service. Your product and service is going to change as a result of this. One of probably the most significant elements is online selling. Now, I've been on a soapbox for probably the last four or five years saying this is the future. And as much as I didn't want this to be the reason that online selling became kind of more accepted and become the more, more the norm, it will be the case now. Just like we talked about, you know, 20 years ago, technology will revolutionize the industry. Well, we don't say that anymore. It has revolutionized. I think online selling in terms of how you go about doing business will, in fact, dramatically change. Now, I've actually gotten uh, looked behind the curtain, have a deeper relationship with an organization called Engage. I strongly encourage you to go online, engage, starting with an I, engage, and look at kind of what that process is with them. It's an online presentation tool that you can integrate into your business. Now, whatever the tools that you use to be able to do this, that is, in fact, going to be the way that that you're going to be able to not only get through the short term, but once you get through it, you realize, you know, your close rates are going to be just as good with online selling. You're going to realize that you can get along with less people to be able to accomplish the same amount of stuff. And you can do it at the comfort from the client's office and home. And therefore, that client experience can, in fact, be greater. So that product and service is, in fact, going to be uh, different. But you also have to get scrappy right now. You've got to be a grinder right now. You've got to be able to squeeze as much as you can out of different things so that you can kind of get over kind of this little bridge that we have here in we're challenged. Number five on my list was strategic alliances. Now, for those of you who heard me speak before, I've said for quite a while, you know, you need to wipe out of your vocabulary the word vendor and replace it with strategic alliance. <clears throat> strategic alliance is 
a partnership. Strategic Alliance is looking for win-win solutions together. Strategic Alliance is much more about how do you share in the opportunities and expenses. It's a mindset that's very different. I think you're going to see this mindset, whether it's with your trade partners, whether it's with some of your different suppliers, or whether it's with some of your technology partners. I think you're going to see that you're not on an island by yourself. You've got a lot of folks out there that are truly working together. And those companies that are adopting the strategic alliance thinking are, in fact, not only going to be the most successful, but it's going to catapult them moving forward. Number six on my list is gaining market share. Now, I know in tough times, in hurricane whirlwind times, thinking about gaining market share is not necessarily top of mind. But if you think about it very, very simply and mechanically, if there's $100 million in activity of doing the project niches that you're talking about, in my opinion, in most of the different communities around the country, we're going to lose about a third of the service providers that are able to do that work. Now, as I said earlier, you might have an opportunity to pick up some of that labor, obviously, but as, as a result of losing a third, it's going to come back strong. It's going to come back strong because people need remodeling. They need home improvement activity. They can't let their home die. Their home will continue. Once we get through this, their home will continue to be their greatest asset. And as a result of that, once the death settles a little bit, once we get a little bit more consumer confidence, you're going to be able to potentially increase your close rate, increase your gross profit margins, reduce potentially some of your marketing uh, expense, and you will be able to pick and choose, quite frankly, the best clients that allow you, I think, the best experience and allow you to make a profit. So gaining market share, I think, is something that can come out, but you need to kind of prepare and think about this now, not necessarily just have it be happenstance after the fact. Number seven is your core client base. Now, your core client base is not just your past clients. Your core client base is all those prospects that you've talked to over the course of the last year, two years, and I would even say three years. If your close rate, thinking about it simplistically, if your close rate is about 25%, which that would be high for certain niches and low for other niches, there's three out of four prospects that, quite frankly, many of which never did the project at all. So you need to expand your mindset right now and be connected to that client base. Uh, when you come out of this, these clients, if you approach the communication the right way with the clients, you're going to find that that's going to create memories. And they're going to be sitting at home over the next month, two months, three months, looking at all the projects. And once this comes out, that client base has probably the easiest way to prime the pump and really feed you when, in fact, you're able to get back into their home. So don't let the clients become strangers. Think about the lifetime value of a client. You can take a $30,000 client one and by five years later, it represent in referrals, additional business, referrals of referrals, three to $500,000 worth of business. So that client base is so important. And what is critical is be a good memory. Be a good friend of these clients because that's what they're going to remember is how you approach them during these times of difficulties, not just because you bombarded them with a bunch of newsletters. Number eight is 
other services, in particular the money element, the financing element within the business itself, your business in terms of providing consumer financing uh, for many, many home improvement companies, many design build companies that don't provide, they just treat uh, the financing element just as a referral as opposed to having it as an integral part of your process and system. I think during this period of time, you need to focus on getting set up to provide financing in place. Now, my friends at Service Finance, they have some really, really good tools that will allow you to integrate them into the business. When you come out of this, one of the challenges I think you're going to be dealing with is the clients will continue to want to push the pause button and not necessarily spend the money. So if you can offer them no interest and no payments for a period of time, that will help you close the deals. Now, this notion that we're just going to refer it to the local banker is not going to be the way that you need to approach it. You need to integrate the financing as a tool, as a way to eliminate any client objections, I think, moving forward. And again, as I said earlier, I think service finance would be a good place for you to at least start that dialogue and conversation. Number nine is training. Now, when you're busy, when you're time starved, the, one of the key things that you stop doing, sadly, is training. Uh, I learned this right after the 2008 crash. I was leading a group in 2009, 2010 of top remodeling companies. There were 12 companies, and I asked them a very simple question, and that is, over the course of the last one to two years, how many of you have decreased the amount of training and the expense that you've done with your team and how many of you have increased it. Of the 12 companies, four companies said they increased it, eight said they decreased it. The eight that decreased it, their business went down, double digit down, and the four that increased the trainings, their their business went up double digit. I was shocked. It almost gave me the chills, quite frankly, when I saw those kind of results. And I've always believed that training is an investment, not an expense. But now more than ever, you have time to train. You have time to do virtual online trainings. I'm going to be putting together a whole bunch of training tools, and there's many out there in terms of of how to better communicate, time mastery skills, uh, in terms of uh, sales skills, production processes. There's so many ways that you can train uh, your folks better and better, and you can do it now virtually. You can do it with many of the different tools out there. So try to take advantage of that, but more than anything, create a culture that you become and your people become students of success and not that it's just handing to them. And if you can create a culture that is an integral part, that training is a really critical part of it, that you're not spending 31 at one hour a week, that you're spending an hour a day training and getting better, just like when it comes to your personal health, I think you'll be able to be much better as a result. And I think it for those that really adopt the training, you'll know which ones that you want to have on your team in the future. Number 10 on my list, and certainly maybe the most important, but also not the least in terms of being at the end of the list, is one area that will be better as a result of this is you. It's you as a leader. It's you as a sage. It's you as a voice of reason for your team, for your clients. 
I mean, it's through adversity like we're experiencing now that that's where we tend to grow the most. You know, you're going to have a higher degree of empathy. You're going to experience so many different things. Hopefully, you'll never have to experience again. Your understanding of planning and cash flow management is going to be very different. And you'll be able to integrate a lot of those things in. You're going to be able to take your sales and communication and marketing skills to the next level because, quite frankly, you're forced to be able to do that. And I think at the end of the day, if you can realize that people, people follow leaders, not companies, not projects, they follow leaders, you'll put the time and the energy, really spending time reading books, listening to other podcasts, listening to things about becoming a better leader, and I think you'll get through this just fine. So while I don't want to lessen the importance of everything that everybody's experiencing right now, not only for you, your clients, your business, your team, but what I will say, you, it is a choice how you look at this. You can look at this as the sky is falling, let me hunker down and let me give up, or you can take the challenge and you can not only get through it, the stormy waters, but you can also at the end of the day commit to being better as a result. And if you can come out of this shoot, you might see a trajectory in terms of improvement and growth of your business that's much, much greater than you ever could imagine, but that is what you need to choose to do. So be safe, be well, and again, try to connect back and and we'll take your business to the next level. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you've heard, take a moment to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your phone using your favorite podcast app. It's available in all the major apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and post in the comments what you learned and any questions you have for Mark, and he may answer them on an upcoming episode. Thank you again for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson.